Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves him some McDonald's, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today? I feel like like the viewers of this podcast think I'm fat because I feel like you mentioned food in the intro so much, and we talk about food, and we're talking about food for Randomly Ranked today. So I think the viewers, honestly, maybe the viewers think we're all fat because you mentioned me with food a lot at the start, Trevor. But you know what? I'm doing not bad. We got Ravens football on today. The Browns are not on. And since I live in Cleveland, I don't have to watch that garbage team play because they're on bye. So I get to watch the Ravens. They're playing the Colts. Very excited about the game. A lot of players out for the Ravens. They had a rough week last weekend. But, of course, uh, everyone's, you know, some people call him their favorite contributor. I would not say that. He's probably my least favorite contributor out of all the contributors we have on this podcast. That man is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you doing today? I was doing a lot better until you said that there was no Browns games on because I hate the Browns. So I, since the Bengals don't play today either, I was actually like extremely looking forward to rooting against whoever or rooting for whoever the Browns were playing. So now that the Browns aren't playing either, I'm actually kind of upset because my least favorite and favorite teams aren't playing. So I don't really know what I'm gonna do. Well, you uh, can, this might be a rough Sunday for me. You can root for the Colts though against the Ravens. You can do that. I mean, ultimately, that's probably what I'll do because I also hate the Ravens. And then whoever the Steelers are playing, obviously, I'll be a big fan of that team as well. But I, I just like I love rooting against the Browns almost as much as I love watching the Bengals this year, just because um, I want the Browns to be so bad, and people think that they're good, and I don't think they're that good. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that the Browns aren't playing today, but I, th- I think I, uh, I think I'll get through it. Yeah, you know, I uh, I agree with that statement. I, I like rooting against the Browns. It's it's kind of easy to do at this point, considering how many Browns fans the three of us have run across uh, in our time in at a Bowling Green. Um, but we have a fun episode planned for today, as always. Let's start off with the NBA, as they have finally agreed to a restart. It is going to start December 22nd, 72-game season. A little bit shortened, of course, because they're starting later. Um, I, I have a couple thoughts on this, um, but first I want to start with you, Trevor. What, what do you think about the ruling that happened, the agreement, uh, what will be happening soon? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm just really glad that uh, it has been resolved. And now, obviously, there's still things that need they need to work out with the CBA. Um, you know, right now, there's a 50-50 split um, as far as the revenue goes between the players and the uh, owners or executives. Um, so they still like are in talks about potentially adjusting that or changing that, and I don't know um, how soon they'll come to a resolution on that, but we do have a start date, um, so that's a good sign. It's definitely better than we were at uh, a week ago, so I'm happy about that. I'm glad that we have a start date, and I do think that uh, the NBA and the Players Association will get a CBA resolved. I think they will figure it out. Obviously, um, no matter what the situation is, I'm assuming that you know, there. You know, people are gonna have to take a little bit less money. There's gonna be some sort of, um, and then that, it might not even be just this year. It might be in the next couple of years where, you, you know, you could see potentially the cap go down. You could see players just not making as much money as they would have, obviously, uh, when they sign their next contracts. So like Giannis, for example, he's uh, coming up free agency uh, this this next summer in 2021. And, you know, the contract that he may have gotten, maybe he won't get quite as much money, obviously, with the situation. It's it's kind of just something that I think they have to um, just deal with because it's kind of just an unforeseen circumstance that now is the reality. So I think that's what it is, and uh, they have to move forward. And it seems like that's what they're doing. So I'm glad that that's happening. Um, I think with, like, some of the teams that made it far in the playoffs, um, especially, you know, like the Lakers and Heat made to the finals – um, you'll definitely see like some of their star players like LeBron 
and maybe like Jimmy Butler who don't play like back-to-backs maybe early on. So like the first 20, 30 games, maybe they don't play any back-to-backs. Maybe they, you know, sit out a couple of the first games. And I think it's totally reasonable uh, for them to do. Obviously, it's a very quick turnaround, less than uh, – Less than, it's about two months, I think, two, two, two and a half months turnaround. Obviously, we have the draft coming up next Wednesday, November 18th. So it's also kind of sucks, I think, for those players. And I, I'm sure they have been working out, but they don't know who their NBA team is yet, as uh, Ben said before we were when we were preparing. And even when they do get to know, like it's, you know, the training camp is going to be less time. There's, I, I, I mean, obviously there's no like, Usually they have a summer league. I don't even know if that's going to happen at all. There's not really going to be any kind of uh, – it would be like more of a fall league, but I don't even think that's going to happen. So it's going to be tough for those players as well. But regardless, I mean, it is what it is. It's the reality, and I think they're doing the best they can uh, with the circumstances they have been dealt. Yeah, I, I really only have one major complaint. I wish they started the league a little bit later. I'm happy that we got basketball. That's good, but – my mindset nowadays is how can LeBron continue playing for as many years as possible? Um, I hope he plays till he's about 45, 50. Is that realistic? No, I understand that, but that's what I want. And I think helping him, and like you said, I think it's, it's just better for the players that play towards the end to get a little bit more time off, get their bodies right for the start of the season, while well, this is not a lot of time for them to do that. Um, so, you know what, we'll, we'll see You know how those guys are impacted, especially at the beginning of the season. Um, but I wish they started a little bit later. The CBA deal is going to be very, very interesting uh, whenever that is finalized, and I'm excited to see where that goes um, and, you know, how much money goes where. Trevor, you make a good, great point about contracts, too. You know, the, 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 the whole cap is going to be adjusted because of the, uh, you know, the coronavirus pandemic. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, those players that deserve those big contracts, what are they going to get? Do they sign one-year deals and wait it out? You know, that might be worth it for Giannis is to sign that one-year deal, but the team might not even offer it. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with them. Benny, any thoughts on the NBA restart uh, starting on December 22nd? Yeah, so my big takeaway is something that Trevor just mentioned. The NBA draft, I mean, we have 60 players that are going to get drafted, and they're going to be expected to play a game five weeks later. I mean, you get all these players right now, they're not even on a team yet, and they're, they're, those teams are starting in a month and a half. I mean, that's just not a lot of time, and I feel bad for those players. I feel bad for the teams as well. You have to draft these players, and like Trevor said before we started recording, this draft isn't even that great of a draft. It's it's down compared to other years, and now you have all these players that are going to be expected to play in these games five weeks after they're drafted. I mean, this is hard. That's hard for anyone. It's hard to make the jump from college basketball to the NBA usually, and this year it's just so much harder because you really have no time to prepare for anything. Okay, so I think we're going to see a lot of players that are going to have to go through um, more of a learning curve this year just because they don't have as much time preseason to prepare for real-life NBA games, which are not easy to do. Um, so I, I feel bad. I feel bad for these players. I mean, obviously, they're, it's, cool, it's exciting. They're going to get drafted. It's going to be fun. But um, I, just, I just don't think that they will be prepared to, to be playing in real-life NBA games come Christmas. I just don't think it's a lot of time. I don't necessarily think it's fair to these to these NBA player or to these players being drafted because I just don't think that they're going to have the time necessary uh, to play a quality NBA game. Um, but I mean, again, it comes with the time. It is what it is. I can't. I think before Christmas is crazy early. Like I mean, like Trevor said, players are going to be half. Like if you made a late run in the, in the playoffs in the bubble, there's no way that you're going to be playing um, in a back-to-back game. It's just not going to happen if you want to sustain um, a healthy season all the way into June. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm cool with it. I love NBA basketball. I'm all for watching uh, more NBA basketball. But I, I just think it's crazy. I didn't actually think that they would start 
um, this calendar year really at all. So the fact that they're starting before Christmas is crazy to me. But again, I'm not complaining. I'm cool with it. Um, I'll be I'll be excited and ready to watch when it when it does happen. Yes, 100. percent So already we're gonna be wrapping up small talk. Not not a huge amount of stuff happening. Um, that wouldn't be a major topic uh, this week in sports. So let's get right into small talk trivia. Um, this is where Trevor and I ask each other a question. We keep a running score. Trevor, what is the current score? Um, so we've been we've both been missing some questions. It is still 36 to 33. Uh, you have the lead. Mm. Interesting little three point lead. So. Uh, Trevor, you know what? I, I, maybe you asked your question first today. I feel like I've asked it first a couple weeks in a row. All right, so I'll go first then. Um, this question should be pretty easy, I think. Um, you know, but I, I found it. I was like, you know what? This is interesting with what's currently going on in the NFL, so I'll just ask it. So Russell Wilson, he currently has 26 touchdowns in seven games, which is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. So he's on pace for over 52. I mean, he's on, I don't know what that would equate to on pace, around at least 52, obviously, because he's played less than eight games and he has 26 now. So my question is, um, what is the record for the most touchdowns in an NFL regular season? So the answer is a number. Oh, the who who had the most? The the number, not the. I'm not looking for the player. I'm oh. looking for the number of okay. touchdowns. Who? Yeah. Okay, so it's, I know who it is. I know it's Peyton Manning. I do not remember the number. Um, I know it's over fifty because Tom Brady had fifty uh, with Randy Moss. So it's it's gonna be kind of a shot in the dark. Uh, I'm gonna go pretty quick on this one. I, I know it's Peyton Manning. It was uh, I think it was. If I remember correctly, either the year the Ravens won or the year after. I cannot remember which one. Um, I'll go with 53. That's my final answer. It's Peyton Manning. I just don't know how many. I, I, it's, it's a shot in the dark. 53. Okay, so it is not 53, but you were close. It's 55. I thought I thought you might mm-hmm. just know it off the top of your head, but you, you didn't. But it's all right. The answer is 55. Yeah, it's Peyton Manning, though, right? Yeah, it's Peyton Manning. 20. What is it, 2013? Yeah, he had 55 yeah. touchdowns and I yeah. think 13 interceptions, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I knew who it was. I was excited because I was like, oh, I think I see where this is going. I'm like, it's either going to be who it is or the number. I was like, it better be who it is because I don't know the number. <laughs> All right, but let's get to my question. Um, so I went back into the NCAA basketball archives, Trevor, um, and here's my question for you. What player in college basketball history has the most points in their very first career game? And you just need a name. Okay, so this is college basketball. You're saying the most points in their first game? Mm-hmm. In, in the history of college basketball. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so the answer is a name. All right. In their first game of playing college basketball. So, I mean, there's obviously so many great players, you know, I think there's a good chance that this could be a one and done. It also could be like someone, uh, you know, who was really good right away back in the '60s or '70s. So like a Kareem or a Bill Walton, where they were Kareem especially, just right away he was putting up points as soon as he stepped on the floor for UCLA. But I don't know if you would ask me that if it wasn't someone who's a little more. I mean, Kareem, I guess, is kind of an obvious answer, but I feel like it's more recent. Obviously, I know that. Um, when Zion and RJ came to Duke, both of them scored a lot of points in their first game. Um, hmm. So, 
I'm trying to think about this. I believe in that game, uh, who scored more? I think they both had over 30, if I'm not mistaken. I don't even remember which one of them scored more. Uh, it's possible that it could be Zion or RJ. It is also possible that it could be like a Kareem. Um, I'm trying to think of other people that could stand out in their first game playing college basketball. I mean, this is really tough because other than those three names, there's no one that's, like, just standing out to me. I mean, like, Kevin Durant had an amazing freshman season at Texas. Blake Griffin had an amazing freshman season at Oklahoma. Trey Young had a really good freshman season at Oklahoma. But it's tough to think of who that person can be. So I am going yeah, just to that go. that first game. <sighs> yeah, with the first game. Um, Man. I don't know if someone would have just had some kind of insane number or if it's just like not crazy and it's just like RJ Barrett with like 33 or something. I think it was something like that that he had. So I'm I'm going to go I, I don't even know if Zion or RJ had more points. I'm trying to think. Oh man, I'm going to go with if if it's if it's Zion and I'm wrong, then that's going to be unfortunate. But I'm going to say it was R.J. Barrett because other than, like, him, Zion, and, like, Kareem, there's no one that's, like, standing out a lot. I mean, I'm sure, like, I don't know, maybe Magic Johnson would have had a lot, but I don't know. I'm going to go R.J. Barrett. Final answer? Yes, that is my final answer. How many points do you think the the, the, the number is here that I have down? It's definitely, it's over 30. It's like, it's either like 32 or 33. I think it's, I want to say he scored 33, I think. Okay. So, uh, the correct amount of points is 56. Okay, so it's not him. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not looking good for your answer. Jerry, However, Jerry you West did say the name of the person. Oh, Kareem. Uh, the correct answer is 56 points from Luau Cinder, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, okay. to some people. Um, at UCLA when he played USC on December 3rd, 1966. So Lou Alcindor was the correct answer. Wow. So okay. we both don't gain today. It's still 36-33 at the end of the day. But let's get into randomly ranked here. Uh, randomly ranked is a segment where we take a completely random topic and we rank it. It's pretty self-explanatory. I'll even start off for today. Now, this one's kind of a weird one. Who thought of this one? Was it was it you, Ben? I feel like you've come no, up with No, it was story. Trevor. It was yeah. Trevor came up with Trevor, this one. Trevor, props to Trevor for this topic. So we are going to go through and say three um, fast food places. Well, I guess we can probably open it up a little bit more than fast food, but I will call it fast food. Fast food restaurants we have not been to. Um, and I feel like I have three pretty solid ones. So here, here we go. My number three has got to be Whataburger. I've never been there. And um, I thought about putting in Wahlburgers on here too. I guess that's kind of an honorable mention, but that one's in Cleveland and I actually have access going there. Whataburger, I do not. I don't know any that are near me at all. Are there any near you, either of you? Um, I I went to it when I was in Cleveland after a basketball game last December, actually, for the first oh, time. Oh, so there I is one it. near us. I in, in Cleveland, right? The one you, you were saying. Whataburger or Wahlburgers? Oh, Wahlburgers. Oh, no, no, no. I've never yeah, had Wahlburgers. Yeah, Wahlburgers is downtown. No, yeah. I, I've never had Whataburger. Whataburger. Yeah. So, Ben, is there one near you? No, I've never I've never even seen a Whataburger before. I've heard great things about Whataburger, so I really would like to try it. So that's got to be my number three. Number two, I'm going to go with In-N-Out. Now, this is a West Coast place, um, and people talk very highly of it as it's the best fast food burger. Uh, they haven't been to Swenson's. Uh, in Cleveland, 
in Akron. So, I mean, they can't be correct, but I've heard it's really, really good, and I'd like to try it. And my number one spot, this is a spot I've heard about from many, like, influencers and YouTubers and whatever. Uh, in California, there's a place called Egg Slut, and supposedly they put, like, eggs on burgers and stuff, and it's, like, a, 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 just a once-in-a-lifetime you know, like experience going to that place, so I really, really badly want to try it. So it took my number one spot. Ben, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shimmy on over to you next. What are your top three spots that you have not been to that you want to go to? Yeah, so my first one is one. Um, I've had like maybe like one little small bite of it before. I've never actually had a meal from it, and that's why I put it on here. And it's one that I have access to. Like, I mean, they're everywhere, so I thought I'd throw it on here. Uh, it's Popeyes. I've never had Popeyes. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like, I, I've maybe had, like, you know, one tender or one nugget from there, but I've never had, like, a meal from Popeye's. Um, and I have access to it, so it's just one. And even on this list that I'm looking at, I mean, they have it, like, in a top ten. So, obviously, some people like it. It must be so, some sort of oh, decent food. Um, so, I threw it on there. I, I, I thought, you know, maybe I'll put that at my number three um, just because I've never really had it. So, I thought I'd, I should give it a shot. Um, my number two is Jack in the Box. I've never had Jack in the Box. I really don't even know anything about it. I couldn't tell you anything about it. There's actually one near me, though. I'm pretty sure there's one within, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes of my house. Um, but I've never had it. Honestly, couldn't even tell you what type of food it is. I would assume it's just kind of like a typical fast food place. But I don't know. I have no idea. I've never had it. Um, but I've heard good things about it. And my number one is In-N-Out. Um, it's super basic because In-N-Out is like, yeah, it's like the social media. Like, that's like the thing to do if you go to the West Coast. But I've actually heard, I've heard a lot of people say it's amazing. I've heard a lot of people say it's extremely overrated. So that's part of the reason why I put it in my number one because it seems like there's some sort of debate there. Obviously, you know, the uh, the popular take is that it's really good because the people that tell you that are the people that live on the West Coast that go to it a lot. But from what I've heard from people that are not from there, that are tourists that go to the West Coast, they say it's really kind of overrated. It's not that great. Um, so I would love to try it, and I just want—I want to try it for myself. I want to be part of that conversation because yep. it's an extremely popular conversation. I'd—I'd I'd love to just experience it and, and see for myself, um, at least in my opinion, how good it really is. Hundred percent, Trevor. Top three fast food places you have not been to. Yeah, so there's a lot. There's a lot of different places that I would love to try. Um, Popeyes, I've actually never had. I'm going to try very soon. Um, I didn't put it in my top three, but there's one very close to me, so I'm gonna go try it soon. Um, but number three, I'm going to start off with In-N-Out Burger. Uh, like you guys, I also have it on my list. It's you know just a place you hear a lot about. Want to go try it? You hear a lot about how good their burgers are. Um, you know they have they have milkshakes as well, and you know a lot of different options. So definitely want to try In-N-Out. Number two, I'm all, I'm Ben. I'm I'm with you again. Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. Another place I've heard a lot about. They have Jack in the Box actually has a ton of different like menu options like they have like these little tacos they have burgers they have like chicken sandwiches like um they have like a lot of different options um at jack in the box so it's definitely a place that i would like to try and number one i did go with shake shack now shake shack is another place i've obviously i've never had and before this podcast we we were talking about like what would you compare shake shack to ben kind of compared it to steak and shake a little bit and i was like well i i really like steak and shake so maybe i would like shake shack too he said it was like a like maybe like a more a better version or i don't know if you necessarily mean it's better but looking at their menu it looks very good um they have burgers they have hot dogs they have like crinkle cut fries they have milkshakes so shake shack for me is a must go to. They even have uh, like you know chicken sandwiches too, and these chicken sandwiches look very good. So uh, Shake Shack's definitely a place I want to try. 
100%. So if you guys have any randomly ranked ideas for us, please submit them. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate those ideas. But let's get to our main topic for today. Well, we have a couple main topics. Let's start in college football. We had an insane Clemson-Notre Dame game uh, right down at the end in overtime, uh, which is really, really, really great to watch. Uh, DJ, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to say his last name. The quarterback from Clemson, five-star recruit. Obviously not Trevor Lawrence, but really, really great quarterback. Ian Book played really well. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this game. Uh, Trevor, I'll slide on over to you first. What do you think? Yeah, so last week when we talked about contenders, we talked about Notre Dame. And I think all three of us said, no, Notre Dame, they're not a contender. I, I said that I thought Notre Dame was overrated. Um, and, and now they have beaten Clemson. Now, granted, Clemson did not have Trevor Lawrence, who most people think is one of the and best And many other defensive players. Yeah, as well. They, they right. were quite a few starters. Yeah, right. So they were, they were missing some starters. They were hurt. They weren't at 100%, right? But they did beat Clemson, so you got to give them at least some credit. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is, as a lot of people think, one of the best quarterbacks called Triple. Some people think he is the best. Um, that's a bait for another time, but... I mean, mm-hmm. DJ. I know one that doesn't think it. <laughs> yeah, DJ. He, you know, he had two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had a ninety QBR, four hundred thirty-nine yards. Like he, it didn't seem like he played horrible. Now the issue was Clemson's defense, and you mentioned about the starters. Like Clemson, yeah, they were missing some of the starters. Um, you know, in you know the defensive line and. You know, and so on. So it obviously hurts. And Ian Book played very good. You gotta give him a lot of credit. Kyron Williams had 140 yards. Like scoring 47 points on Clemson is, and granted two overtimes, but still a good feat for Notre Dame. And I have to at least give him some credit and say like, hey, you know, although I, I still don't think Notre Dame is the best team in college football by any means. Um, if Clemson was fully healthy, I definitely do think Clemson would have beaten them. But I have to at least give them some credit and say, you know what, I might have been a little bit wrong. Maybe Notre Dame isn't overrated. Um, maybe they're properly rated. You know, maybe four is the correct rating because if Clemson's fully healthy, I think they were better. And I still think Ohio State and Alabama are also probably better than them too. So, uh, you know, you know, we get things wrong. And, and, you know, Notre Dame usually, historically, is overrated. But this year, maybe, maybe they are so, I, this game was interesting. I don't think Notre Dame's a bad team. I definitely don't think that they're better than Clemson, even though they just beat Clemson. Clemson was out a lot of starters out. Uh, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Not the best. He resides in Columbus, Ohio. But the second best quarterback in college football, who will most likely be a top two pick in this coming year, uh, with tons of defensive starters out, um, whether from injury or from COVID, um, as a lot of players on their team have had it. So, I don't think this is a full fight. You know, for Clemson, I, I I'm still impressed with Notre Dame. I mean, they won. It, it's a, it's in the W column. They're seven and zero, so it's worth something. Um, I I don't want to see Clemson drop to like seven because of this. They still deserve to be top five. In fact, I probably would just put them at four and move Notre Dame up. Put Ohio State at one, Alabama at two. Um, but you know, nevertheless, you know, it's big to see the number one team fall off. Um, even without you know some of their better players, and it's it's going to be an interesting uh, playoff season, especially if Clemson gets to full health. Ben, any last thoughts here on this? Yeah, it was a, it was a really good game. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I remember thinking, like, as I was watching the end of the fourth quarter, I was like, I really hope this game goes into overtime just because I feel like it was such a hyped-up game. Uh, there was a lot of news around it. I was like, I would lo- just love to see this game go to overtime just to kind of you know, give it that, that you know, amazing game. 
um, you know, title and the, consider it like, you know, an instant classic. I just thought overtime would make it this game so much more rememberable uh, for the for this season, basically. Um, and my big takeaway was kind of like what Trevor said. I, I really, and I said last week, I didn't think Notre Dame was that good. Like, obviously, they're a top, I said I didn't think they were a top five team. I said they were a good team, but I didn't think that they were a top five team. Even with Trevor Lawrence playing, or not playing, excuse me, I, I really thought Clemson would win, and I thought they'd win by 10 points or more. I really did. I just thought, even with Clemson missing a lot of players, they are one of, if not the the most well-coached team in college football. I mean, Dabo Sweeney's amazing. They have a defensive coordinator in Brett Venables who could easily be a head coach pretty much anywhere in college mm-hmm. football if he wanted to. 100%. Um, and he, cho- he chooses to stay at Clemson, which for Clemson is amazing. I, I would love that because they have an amazing defense. So... Um, it just surprised me. I mean, Brian Kelly did a really good job. Notre Dame's a good team, and I, I like Notre Dame. I have no reason to hate Notre Dame. Um, I'm Irish. I'm Catholic, and Brian Kelly came from Cincinnati, so um, I root for Notre Dame. I get why they why people don't like him. I totally get it. I do not. That does not bother me. Um, but I was happy to see Notre Dame win this game. I was it was I was cool to see it. Um, Ian Book, I still don't think he's very good, but he played well. I don't think he's that I, great I of a quarterback in general, but he played well. He played well against this defense. Um, DJ Uwe Unga Ale or whatever his name is, he uh, he looked like a freshman at times. I mean, there were many times where his throw was a little bit behind, or it just was you know a split second too late. He took some sacks there at the end of the game, which which proved to be extremely costly for Clemson. Um, but I still think Clemson is a really good team. I, I I think if they played ten times, I think Clemson would still win. Even with Trevor Lawrence, I think Clemson would win more times than Notre Dame would in that situation. Um, so I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot else to say other than Notre Dame's a really good team. They're both really good teams. Um, and for whatever so, reason, if they play in the ACC championship game um, here in December, I would love to see that game. I'd be all for it. I think it'd be an awesome game once again. So uh, we got to get over to a topic I did not want to talk about. Um, but, uh, you know, our boy Chris uh, wanted us to talk about Michigan. Um, he talked about their zone defense. They don't play a lot of zone. Um, but I'm just going to talk about Michigan as a whole here for a second. You guys are both welcome to comment. Uh, a lot of issues over in Ann Arbor. As we know on this podcast, I am a Michigan fan, a uh, big Michigan football fan, basketball fan, of course, unlike you know the team in Columbus where uh, a lot of their fans only believe they have one team. In Michigan, we like all of our teams. Um, however, uh, got a lot of thoughts on this one. The, the thing about Jim Harbaugh, for years I've been backing him, and Ben, you can, you can, uh, you know, you can talk about how I've, I always back Jim Harbaugh, right? Pretty much all the time. No, you have. You've always defended him. I've always, I've always kind of agreed with you. I've always felt like uh, he's and, a good coach. But I'll let you continue. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of these times, you know, you look at Ohio, or you look at Michigan in the past and losing to Ohio State. There's a talent gap. They are not as good as Ohio State. It is an uphill battle every single year to beat them, and they come close, very, very often. Uh, not every year, of course. Uh, Michigan really hasn't had a quarterback in all six years that Harbaugh has been there, um, and. Up until this year, I I would have signed Harbaugh to a lifelong contract. We now go by two games where not only is Michigan outcoached, but they're just outplayed as a whole. And they had a lot of things happen before the season uh, where players opted out. I mean, their best receiver opted out. Uh, One of their best offensive linemen, uh, which they, I mean, they, they lost a lot from last year. I wouldn't consider this a whole new rebuilding year, but Joe Milton had time to progress, and it doesn't seem like he's progressed over his three years at Michigan. I don't think he's a bad quarterback at all. In fact, I even like Joe Milton. Um, but at this point in time, it seems like Harbaugh is probably not the right answer. Uh, I, uh, throughout these six years, I have never seen the fan base hover once from Harbaugh until the game against Michigan State. Michigan State's a bad team. They are not good. And 
the fact that Michigan got completely outcoached, completely outplayed, despite being way more talented, um, is bad. And I understand Indiana's 13. I don't think Indiana's a bad team. I'm not saying they are a bad team. It's just Michigan, to me, looks so horrible. They, they had 13 rushing yards on 18 attempts. That's Those are not good numbers. Something is lacking here, and to me, at this point in time, I understand that the talent is not all the way there at the moment. They're definitely in a little bit of a transitional year. The year's weird with COVID. They lost an enormous amount of players. Four players backed out that are going to be high picks in the draft. Uh, most of them, I think, will be first-rounders, if not first-rounders, top two or three rounds. But you look at the team that we have now, and it boils down to a couple issues. Allowing 38 points to an Indiana team is not where it's at. They allowed 450, 60 yards, whatever it is. Um, Don Brown's time might be at the end. The defensive genius Don Brown, his time is at the end. And I understand, Chris, you mentioned zone defense. Michigan doesn't play a lot of zone. They play a lot of man. Um, as Ben mentioned to me earlier, not every team plays you know one type of defense the whole time. I get that, but they play a very large majority of man. You look at their cornerbacks, uh, Aubrey Thomas, uh, opted out. He's going to be a, a pretty high pick in this you know coming year NFL draft, and he would have been their number one corner. They were going to put Daxton Hill over at corner, but kept him at safety, their best defender. So their cornerback position is very, very weak, and that results in teams throwing 342 yards um, on Michigan, uh, allowing three throwing touchdowns. Uh, you know, multiple receivers over uh, 50 yards uh, receiving, a lot of catches. So. You know, I, I think there's a lot of issues, but to me, I, I think it might be time to depart from Jim Harbaugh. I'm, I'm more than unimpressed with him. I, I think it might be time for a change. Um, I, I had a buddy of uh, ours, uh, shout out to Mason, who was like, what about Luke Fickle? I don't want Luke Fickle. I have no desire for Luke Fickle. Stay at Cincinnati. I want someone who has NFL experience, who's very, very, very high up. Actually, the most perfect person. Trevor, I don't know if you would like to hear this, but the most perfect person would be Tom Brady, in my opinion. That would be the perfect wow. person to have coach the team. Right, 100%. Michigan alum people would love that uh, great football mind. As much as I don't like him, um, he'd be the perfect person. But I don't think he's quitting the NFL quite yet. So, Or I guess retiring. I shouldn't say quitting. So Michigan's in a really bad spot. They're going to lose probably five, maybe even six games this year. And I do not think Harbaugh will be the coach at the end of the year. Ben, maybe you have some thoughts to, to cap onto that. Um, I do want to say, for if anyone wants to say that I haven't backed Jim Harbaugh, I'm a big Jim Harbaugh supporter up until last week against Michigan State. Uh, big, big on Jim Harbaugh. And I know Ohio State fans are like, well, they don't beat Ohio State every year. It doesn't matter who the coach is going to be. They're not beating Ohio State. Ohio State's the best team in the nation. They're consistently recruiting way better than Michigan is. They're not. It doesn't matter who the coach is. It just doesn't. So at this point in time, I'm looking for Jim Harbaugh to be moved out. Yeah, and, Brandon, and I'll say this. I, I agree with you. I, I've, when they hired Jim Harbaugh, I said that's a home run hire. I think he's going to be awesome for, for the program. And really up until this year, maybe last year a little bit, but I always said Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. I think um, he's, he's worth the money that, that they're paying him because I think ultimately he will, be, uh, he will get this Michigan program to a top five program at some point. And he really just never got there. Um, and the whole idea of you know he, he can't beat Ohio State, which I get Ohio State's probably been the favorite every time he's played them. All right, Ohio State has a better program. They've, they've been the most consistent program this century in the Big Ten. All right, but there's no reason why Michigan can't be that. Michigan has all the resources available. Um, they have the recruiting resources. They have the facilities to be the best team in the Big Ten. And Jim Harbaugh just hasn't gotten them there. Um, and that being said, also, I mean, another thing, he can't beat Michigan State. He continues to lose to an inferior program in Michigan State. I mean, there's no secret that Michigan has better resources, um, just better facilities in general, better coaching staff typically than Michigan State, and he can't beat them. He gets outcoached by teams that are inferior to him. 
Um, honestly, I still think Indiana is probably not even as good as Michigan, but he got out coached. Maybe this year Indiana is, but I, Indiana, Indiana in general is an inferior program to Michigan, um, and he he lost that game yesterday. So I agree with you, Brendan. I've I've been on I've been a fan of Jim Harbaugh. I, I don't like him. I, I think he's kind of an annoying person, but I do think he's a good coach. I don't necessarily like him as a person, but coach what or coaching wise, I think he's a good coach. Obviously, he knows his stuff. All right, he's proven himself at different places. Um, but I agree. I, I mean, I'd be shocked if after this year he's he's still the coach because I think there's a lot of pressure now in Michigan. People are getting impatient. It's been six years of this, and it seems like it's not getting any better. Honestly, it seems like it's getting worse. So uh, it's a shame. I mean, I don't. I'm not a fan of Michigan. I wouldn't by any means call myself a fan of Michigan, but I think they're in that category of college football is better when they're relevant. Um, same with Texas. Same. I mean, all the big schools, Oklahoma, even Nebraska. You could say when when they're good, when they're a powerhouse, when they're a top ten perennial team, it's better for college football. It's more interesting for college football. Yeah. Um, and at this point, Michigan's just not there. And I, if Jim Harbaugh's not going to get them there, which it seems like he's not, then I think it's time to move on. And I think we'll see that here in the yeah. uh, in the near future. And, and I think it boils down to. I mean, you look at like their bowl record. They're one in five under Jim Harbaugh. Um, I, I saw someone on Twitter was like, well, he's only won 48 games in, in, in six seasons. I'm like, hold up here. We're three games into this season. He's won 47 games over five years, which is, is uh, relatively, it's pretty good. If you're, I mean, as long, if you're not Ohio State or Alabama, that's, that's a very good record. That's, that's eight and a half, nine games a year, um, which is very solid. It's just at this point in time, we are not in the position that you should be in year six when you finally have your own quarterback that you recruited going one in four in bowl games. I know Ohio State fans are going to be like, well, they don't beat Ohio State. I don't care. They're not going to beat Ohio State. It doesn't matter who's there. Ohio State is year in, year out better. To me, it boils down to the fact that they are not where they need to be at year six with Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, for that, I think it's time for him to go. Trevor, any final thoughts before we kind of move over to the uh, to the NFL for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'll keep it quick because you guys, you know, pretty much summed it up. I mean pretty well I mean I I just can't count how many times that I saw like Indiana receivers just have like all this space to run with after the catch where like either Michigan they just like lose sight of their man or if on that particular play they were playing zone coverage and they just didn't execute it well like I don't don't know the percentage of, of zone versus man but there were so many times where I just saw them lose sight of one of the receivers where you know, he just had, like, there wasn't, like, a guy within five, ten yards of him. Um, so, and also, like, a lot of missed tackles. So, it just wasn't, you know, a good performance at all for Michigan. And we, we did see a couple years, like, when Jim Harbaugh started uh, his coaching at Michigan, where I thought they looked pretty good. Like, obviously, they weren't beating Ohio State, but they still looked, like, solid. But this team that I saw against Indiana did not look like uh, even that team. They looked like even less than that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's definitely not looking good, and I think maybe moving on Jim Harbaugh, moving on from him is the right move. Yeah, 100%. So let's go over to NFL to finish off this episode as we're getting a little bit long here. And, you know, we thought, you know, we're halfway through the season. We thought it's time to break down our power five, our top five teams in the NFL right now. Um, so Trevor, we'll start off with you. Who do you, what is your top five, uh, ranking look like right now? Okay. So do you, should I start with five or start with one? What do you think? Eh, it's up to you. I'm going to follow your suit, Trevor. I trust you. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start with, um, I'm going to start with number five then. Cause I like going, you know, I like doing the, the best for last. So number five, um, I, I'm going to start off with the Packers. Now I think the Packers are a team who, you know, they definitely have shown like 
Obviously, they have Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion. They have a good offense. You know, he has some decent weapons around him. But that defense really just was kind of exposed against the Buccaneers. And then, you know, we also saw, like, Minnesota with Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook's one of the best running backs in the NFL, but he completely just ran all over them. And if you have a defense like that, um, at any point, they can be exposed by a really good offense in the playoffs. So, I mean, the Packers, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to, you know, they're going to definitely be there. They'll be a contender. But if they go up against Seattle or Tampa, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, number four, I have the Steelers. They are undefeated. And they did get wins against the Ravens and Titans, which, yeah, that's impressive. Those are two good teams. But I, I don't know. There's still just something where I'm, like, a little hesitant to put them at one, two, or three. So they're at four. Number three, I have the Buccaneers. Um, they have looked very good when they aren't committing a lot of penalties. As a team, as a whole, they've looked very good. I think Tom Brady at age 43 um, has looked very good. There's been certain games at the beginning of the season where he hasn't looked quite as great. Obviously, he was getting used to the receivers and such, but now they look very good. The defense is really great. They're they're very good at uh, getting takeaways from other teams. They had a few interceptions on Aaron Rodgers. The defense is very strong, and um, I'm very happy with how they look. Um, number two, I have the Seahawks. The Seahawks are exceptional offensively. I mean, Russell Wilson has been just so incredible this year. I think his weapons are good. I think the offense is good overall. Uh, the defense has some issues, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as the Packers. And then number one, I still have the Kansas City Chiefs. I think, you know, yeah, maybe Mahomes hasn't looked great in like one or two games, but like he still has 21 touchdowns and only one interception, which is just crazy. And I think they're going to hit their stride probably here in late November. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's got to be the Chiefs at number one here for me. So I'll go next. I'm going to start at 5. At 5, I'm going to put the Ravens, but really it's like 5A and 5B. The Packers, I'm putting at 5B just because they haven't looked as impressive recently. And even in the Ravens' losses, uh, I mean, the Ravens haven't looked amazing this year, but I, I, I would just edge them out slightly over the Packers. But it's really 5A, 5B. That's a toss-up to me. Um, the Ravens got to get stuff going. They got to get stuff to, you know, going together, uh, get everyone together and play. And Lamar doesn't look like the same Lamar in the slightest bit. No, I don't think he's big, figured out. Talk about this before the podcast with the guys, but I, I just think for whatever reason, uh, in his mind, something's different this year. He's not running as much. He's not, like, throwing more, but he's not running as much for whatever reason, and it's significantly less. So, you know, hopefully they can figure it out. Um, at number four, I'm going to have the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they have the MVP front runner right now, Russell Wilson. He's been great. They have a really good offense, a pretty terrible defense. Uh, but when Jamal Adams comes back, uh, that'll be super, super good for them. They just added Carlos Dunlap from the Bengals, um, so hopefully that can fix their defense up a little bit for them. Um, but when Jamal Adams returns, Jamal Adams is one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, you know, you got Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson. You know, you get those guys healthy, uh, and they're going to be off. So I have them at number four. Number three is a team that I disrespected earlier in the year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I put it by number three. I'm more than impressed with the Buccaneers, uh, even at 6-2 and two with a couple losses. Um, the thing that I'd be worried about for them is a team like the Seattle Seahawks where the Seahawks don't care about defense at all. And I don't know if the, the, the Bucks can stop the Seahawks from throwing 90 touchdowns. Um, and, you know, we'll see. The Bucks have a good D, but that's what I'd be nervous about if I was the Bucks. Pretty much anyone else, I don't see the game even being close. You know, if Brady can keep up with uh, Russell Wilson, then they'll have a good game and they'll win. But that'd be the team I'm a little bit nervous about. Um, and what am I at, number three? Or am I, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm at number two. 
Number two, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. I couldn't put them at one, but I actually don't think they're at one. I, I'm going to put the Chiefs at one. Um, I, I like the Steelers, but the thing is, they just played the Ravens. The Ravens almost won. The Ravens played probably their worst football of the year. Um, Lamar looked horrible. He threw more turn. He had more turnovers in that game than he's had in his entire seat or entire career, um, pretty much. And I I think it's uh, it was not a great game for the Steelers, but I definitely don't think they look like their worst worst. I think the Ravens had played pretty well in defense. So you know we're gonna we're gonna have to see with the Steelers. I they're still a great team. Um, it's gonna be interesting uh, between them and the Chiefs, but I had to put them at number two. And number one, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. It's pretty simple. They have Patrick Mahomes. You, Patrick Mahomes, are probably going to put you at number one. It's kind of that simple. Additionally, they have one of the best scoring defenses here, which is what the ESPN article says. Um, they're fourth in scoring, or excuse me, third in scoring defense, which I'm very impressed by. You know, with the defense improving and obviously the offense pretty much staying the same, they added Le'Veon Bell, which is pretty scary. Um, so I put the Chiefs at number one. Ben, why don't you wrap up this episode today with your uh, top five? Yeah, so Brandon, I agree with your uh, your Ravens Packers take. I think it's pretty close. I actually put on my it's number close. five. I put Ravens slash Packers, but I think I'd agree with you. I think I'd I'd give the Ravens a slight edge there. It's close. It's close. I agree. I agree. I think. I mean, obviously, the Ravens have a great defense. Their defense is amazing. They still have Lamar, who's still good. He's just, he's been a little off this year, but he's still. I still have a lot of faith in Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Or I guess I should say as a running back that throws the ball every once in a while. Um, but I I'll put the Ravens at number five. I'll give them the slight edge over the Packers. Number four, I put the Bucks. Um, the Bucks are a good team, definitely a, f- a top five team. I just think there's three teams better than them, obviously. Um, I put them at number four, though. I mean, obviously, you have the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Brady, um, throwing huge downfield threat to another man, myth, legend, and Scotty Miller. Uh, they've they've both been exceptional this yes, year. Yes, sir, BG. Their, their connection has been uh, phenomenal. So, I mean, offensively, they're great. Defensively, they're great. They're a good team. I mean, it's crazy. Tom Brady comes in and he makes them a top five team. Uh, he's a good player. That's what happens. That's what good players do. Um, number three, I, I I put the Seahawks. I gave the Seahawks the edge over the Bucks. I just think, I mean, Russell Wilson is, is amazing. The dude's amazing. Like Trevor said in his trivia question, he's got twenty six. He's got twenty six uh, touchdown passes. Not even halfway through the season at this point. Um, his connection with DJ Metcalf this year has been incredible. Their defense obviously is a question mark. Um, as I had them as my fantasy defense for a little bit this year, and they were uh, doo doo for me, so I dropped them real quick. Um, but I still think they're a good team. I I, I, mean, I have them at number three. Number two, I hate to say it, but it's an extremely well-ran organization. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hate them. I can't stand them, but there's a reason why they're consistently a really good team because they're extremely well-ran. They have a really good coach in Mike Tomlin, and they have a quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger who seems like he's 50 years old and somehow is playing pretty well. Um, so I hate to say it, but they're a good team. They're 7-0 for a reason. Obviously, they might have not played the toughest schedule in the world. They've, they've beaten some not great teams, and that's going to continue because they play the Bengals next week. But they still are a good team. There's a reason why they're 7-0. They're a good team. I think they're, they're, they're worth being in the top two. Um, my number one is the Chiefs. Uh, it's basic, but until really I, they prove me otherwise, until somebody else shows me that they're better than Chiefs, the Chiefs are going are gonna to keep that spot because they're the reigning champs. For, uh, obviously, they're a good team. They have an amazing quarterback. They have an amazing coach in Andy Reid. They have an amazing tight end. All right, and they have a good defense. I mean, they have really everything you need to win a championship like they did last year. And I, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to really anyone if they wanted it again this year. Uh, they're a good team. I think they have all the tools necessary to do it again, um, and I, I I think it's pretty easily or it's pretty easy to put them as as the number one team in the NFL uh, halfway through this this 2020 season. 100. percent So I think we'll wrap the episode up there for today. Um, but thank you all so much for listening. We passed 5,000 downloads. Um, I don't know a week ago maybe, which is absolutely insane. So thank you all so much for that support. Of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller, which is our podcast network's Twitter, so you know when all of our podcasts go live. 
Uh, that'd be super awesome. We appreciate all that. Of course, leave that five-star rating if you like the podcast. If you didn't, I'd prefer you not give a rating because it'd be a bad one. But, you know, maybe hit that five stars just because, you know, maybe you also agree that Ben's not the best contributor in the world. But if you do agree, still give us that five-star rating. Um, but that being said, thank you all so much for listening today, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!